kids know that I don't know every single thing. Mm-hmm. Like they know I'm reading from, you know, a book or looking something up. I'm like, I don't know. Let's look that up. Let's research that together. And I think that's beautiful and healthy because then they're seeing an example of a lifelong learner because yes. that's what I want them to be. I want them to not think that they have to go around with all the answers. I want them to sit and say, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Or I'd love to research that more. And so for them to see that in us, I think is awesome. I don't think they need to need a parent who knows everything. I had to kind of change my mind a little bit about homeschooling. And once I was in it, I really saw the benefits and love that quote. I love that book because it's so important, I think, to really um, go off the child's interest because that's how they're going to remember things. I don't really remember anything yes. um, from school. Some things because I loved anatomy and the body. Um, so if we can focus on things that they really enjoy, they're going to love learning. And I think promoting a lifelong learner is so important. That was Jenna and Josefa, two homeschooling moms in our community that I find so much inspiration from, and they are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this topic in how to keep the magic alive when it comes to learning and raising our children to be empowered human beings to go out into the world and just loving life and loving learning. In this episode, we talk about all different kinds of things, ranging from different homeschooling philosophies, their own homeschooling journey, as well as answering all different kinds of common questions and concerns when it comes to homeschooling, like can you homeschool if you have some financial restrictions or different ways to handle when kids aren't inspired to learn and how to keep that magic alive and children loving learning. We also talk a lot about the different resources that inspire us and I've put the links below for you guys to check out. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. Just talking about all different things when it comes to homeschooling and helping our children foster and grow to be empowered beings as they grow. All right, we're here. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show today. I feel so thankful for anyone who's listening and watching that my friends are coming on my podcast, especially within the topics that I'm so inspired by them about. And so many moms in our homeschooling community or just mother community here where we live are so inspired by these two wonderful ladies, Josefa and Jenna, because you guys are just so creative. You're always just keeping it really just about the kids and about how they're going to thrive. <laughs> and you guys are just so good at homeschooling. It's really inspiring. So I'm really excited for this conversation because I know a lot of people are switching to homeschooling. Homeschooling is really on the rise right now mm-hmm. and are just looking for ways to start and looking for some answers on how to go about it. So I think this is going to be a great conversation. Yes. So excited about, love talking about homeschooling any chance we get. So yeah, for sure. Me too. I love it. And I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Cool. So the first question I want to ask you is, have you guys always homeschooled and can you share a little bit about your homeschooling journey? So I guess I'll go first. Um, I never thought I would homeschool actually. Um, actually I had a few friends who homeschooled and I was like, I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) I thought it was a little weird. Um, It wasn't until we sold all of our things and then moved into an Airstream travel trailer, started traveling around, and we weren't close to the kids' school anymore that we decided, hey, why don't we try it out and see if we like it? Because actually, our kids had to go to school a little earlier than I wanted to. I put them into a little private school that I love their philosophy. They did a lot of nature things and gardening and all that. So they were in there for a couple years at a private school. And then actually Nico also went to a public school. So I kind of got to try out both and see what it was like. 
Um, but I have loved homeschooling and I'm so happy to be doing it. I'm going on my fifth year now and I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. So yeah, that's our journey. Yeah. Awesome. We, I think I always knew I wanted to homeschool um, from the beginning. That's just, that's been the plan. So we've always done homeschooling from the very start and I think we're in our sixth year for counting from kindergarten. That's awesome. I, I as well kind of just always knew I wanted to homeschool, I think. Um, but I love Joseva too, that you've had different experiences with different types of schooling as well. So currently where you guys are today, what are your homeschool philosophies per se? You want to go? Sure. Um, we have kind of shifted as time has gone on, which is really cool. And it's part of what I love about homeschooling is that flexibility and freedom to just be like, Oh, this is kind of where our family's going or the kids are going or what they're needing. Um, we've kind of moved into a more like, I call it kind of structured unschooling or child-led learning. Um, we did curriculum for about three years. We did like a Waldorf-based curriculum, which was wonderful. And I feel like that just kind of gave me that foundation I needed and mm-hmm. the confidence I needed to be like, oh, I can do this. I, I know what they need to learn next. And I know their style and my learning, teaching style, their learning style. And um, yeah, now we just kind of go wherever they lead. And I have a little bit of structure or plan in my head, but it's really just a little more free flowing now, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say we're similar in that. We, I do take more of a child-led approach. Um, when I first started homeschooling, I bought this guide kind of thing. It's from Jodi Maccabee. I love her. If you oh, don't know her, she's amazing. She Go check awesome. her out her stuff. Uh, she has kind of like a home getting started with homeschooling guide. So I bought it, and I was able to kind of take a look at it. At it. And then I started researching philosophies. And there were there so many different ones, which I know we'll talk about later. But... Um, I became inspired by so many different ones. I'm like, I can't pick one. So I would say I'm more of like an eclectic homeschooler, kind of take a little bit of each thing, like um, art and nature and interest-led learning and kind of mold it for exactly what my kids need. And it's always changing too. Um, I used to never really do a curriculum until I actually found one I liked. And we kind of use it more as like a resource and guide rather than a, you have to do this every single day type of thing. We have all the resources there and then I allow them like, what do you want to learn about today? And then we kind of, you know, they get to pick and choose. So that's what I love to do. I love um, going out in nature a lot. The boys surf, we go hiking, we go in the ocean. um, And yeah, we just have a lot of fun together. That's awesome. Okay, something that I just thought of that I really think is important to like preface in the beginning and set the tone for this conversation is why do you guys homeschool? Hmm. Well, I would say... Um, some of the benefits to me have been really, um, well, why do I homeschool? I know. Like if someone's like, well, why did you choose homeschooling? Well, it kind of chose me actually, hmm. because I was kind of forced to do it. Uh, like I said, I, we were in the travel trailer and we were so far from the kids school and I'm like, I'm not going to try to find another school for them to go to. Why not just try it out? <laughs> and right. so I did. And then I just loved it so much. So what have I loved from it? I guess the quality time that I get to spend with my children, that has been so special to me, being able to see what they're really interested in and passionate about. And I really miss when they were at school, I really missed them being gone. I remember I would be driving them to school and I'm like, And I just really missed that um, family time that we got to have. So being able to have more family time has been um, one of the things that has kept me homeschooling. And just um, that I get to pick and choose things that they're interested in to learn about. Mm -hmm. That has also kept me homeschooling. Yeah, absolutely. We love the freedom. We love that 
like with my husband's schedule that he works a lot of evenings and weekends that he actually gets to spend time with them and we can do school around his work schedule and we just love getting to follow their interests or wherever they're at um, in a subject if it's taking them a little longer if they're just like wanting to spend more time on it or whatever it is we can um, just cater our day and what they're learning to them, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, well, this is what the curriculum says. I'm sorry you didn't catch on in time. We're moving <laughs> on, you know? Right. Um, so we just love the freedom. We love the freedom to be able to travel. Um, my husband's work sometimes gives us opportunities to go places. So if it's like, hey, we want to spend a month in Europe, like, let's go. We can go do that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, we just love all the freedom it gives our family. Yeah. For mm-hmm. me, it was about like the interest-led learning aspect and taking, I guess, from my own experience in school and not loving the rigidness about it and not loving the forced compliance, like this is what you have to learn. There's really no other options, even if you were excited about something else. And then when I read the book, How Children Learn by John Mm -hmm. Holt, that like really was a paradigm shift for me. And it really was like, it just made so much sense to me, especially taking from my own experience and realizing that I didn't absorb information well when I wasn't excited about it. Mm-hmm. And so much of school was like that for me. That wasn't the experience of my sister. My sister loved school. She excelled in school. She loved the subjects. For me, I just like was just didn't love it. And so mm-hmm. when I'm going through the motions in school and like all the testing and the setting and the I think all the the pressure to like feel like you're good enough if you did well in school, like like whether you did well on tests or not and mm-hmm. just the learning that like every kid learns differently and how can we best support children to learn the way that they're going to thrive best. Mm -hmm. And so when I read that book, that was just like mind blowing to me because it made so much sense. One of the things he said was about, about how children don't observe, um, absorb the information if they're not excited about that. Like that was just, yes. Like I completely had that experience in school that if I wasn't excited about it, I, I did not absorb it. And then as I got into adulthood and figured out what I actually was excited to learn about. I absorbed it Mm -hmm. so well. So I thought, wow, we should be doing this for children from the beginning. And that was actually for me, like the main reason. And I think a lot of something that's important to note is that for a lot of homeschoolers, it it really isn't about creating school at home. It's, Mm -hmm. It's that it's not really schooling at all. And there's a quote from John Holt from that same author that I really like. He says, what is the what is most important and valuable about the home as a base for children's growth into the world is not that it is a better school than schools, but that it isn't a school at all. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I love that. I feel like that's, I have completely changed the way I thought I would do homeschooling. I thought it would just be like, I'm replicating school in my home. And I thought we're going to have like all the little supplies and I'm <laughs> my curriculum and we're going to do it for seven hours a day. And you know, I'm going to wear my pencil skirt. (laughs) You know, I just thought like it was going to look like school, but at home and I just wanted to spend time with them. And I didn't totally even know all the, the whys behind. I just knew that's what we wanted to do. Um, but kids are the best teachers Mm -hmm. and the way they've taught me about how they want to learn and how they learn best and what their learning styles are is what's shaped that for me. And I'm like, Oh, you don't want to sit at a desk for seven hours mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not interesting to you and that not, wasn't interesting it's not to me <laughs> either right now you know so totally. well, it's I funny because that. uh you know you said you hated school I actually loved school mm-hmm. and so to homeschool for me was like no yeah like I want my kids to be social and yes. to be part of the the clubs because I was part of like every club you can think of and it's like yeah sign language club 
uh, surf club, like Polynesian Islanders club, like every club. (laughs) (laughs) And sports. I loved playing sports. So I thought, you know, man, my kids are going to miss out on these things. Prom, homecoming. But then I realized, no, actually, they can get an enriched homeschool life here. Uh, with me at home and there's so many other homeschoolers now that we can do things together we can have our own graduation we can have our own little party for like a homecoming if we wanted to and so um yeah i had to kind of change my mind a little bit about homeschooling and once i was in it i really saw the benefits and love that quote i love that book because it's so important i think to really um go off the child's interest because that's how they're going to remember things I don't really remember anything um, from school. Some things because I loved anatomy and the body. Um, So if we can focus on things that they really enjoy, they're going to love learning. And I think promoting a lifelong learner is so important. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my goals as a parent. Yeah. It reminds me of that TED Talk called Hack Schooling Makes Me Happy by Logan LaPlante. Have you seen that one? It's really good. good. It's this unschooler kid that did like a TED talk explaining his schooling experience and how because he's had like an unschooling interest-led learning, he's been able to get into like an internship at a young age, which Mm -hmm. is for him, it was about like a snowboarding gear. Mm -hmm. And so he got this awesome internship at like, I don't know, he must have been 14. He was pretty young and seeing how he could really follow his dreams at that moment. And maybe that's not going to be his dream later, but all the life skills he's learning by being inserted into the real world um, at a young age what is really impactful I think and mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people think that homeschooled kids are and are not social right or like you're yeah. hiding them from society but I actually beg to differ I think that homeschooled kids as long as you're not just like in the cabin in the woods isolated yes. right which could happen and that's not that's not ideal that's not something I don't think either of us are advocating for where you're mm-hmm. just like isolated from society mm-hmm. but most homeschooled kids at least the ones in our community the ones that we know it really is what you make of it and you can insert them into the real world because they're doing life throughout the days with you. They're not at school all day sitting at a desk that really isn't like real life anywhere else in real life. And so I think that that's really important, important for people to, to realize that for one, they can still be part of sports and they can still do all these, like they can actually have more freedom to follow their dreams and the, and the things that they're excited about because they had the freedom of time. Yes. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about homeschooling is that I can send my kid to like a baseball or soccer practice and not feel like, man, I haven't seen them all day. Yeah. I, man, like that's, that would be hard for me to send them to school from like eight to two or whatever time it is. And then right after be home for maybe an hour and then have to send them to practice and then only get like an hour at dinner time with them. That to me, I'm like, I want to spend more time with them. Mm-hmm. Not that parents who uh, send their kids to school don't want to spend time with them. I think that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a different way of life, I guess. For me, I really um, appreciate that I can just see them a lot more. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, I think, another thing, uh, a really important TED Talk is, I think it's a TED Talk, but it's also on YouTube as like this sketch drawing that talks about how homeschooling isn't like school at all by Sir Ken Robinson. Have you seen that one? It's called Changing Education Paradigms. And he kind of talks about like where the, how the schooling system was started and why it became the way it was at the time, living in a completely different time frame, meant for something completely different than what we are today Mm -hmm. as a society and our economy and everything like that. So I recommend everybody go check out that. It's called Changing Education Paradigms on YouTube by Sir Ken Robinson. It's really mind-blowing. But the next thing I want to talk about is how is is asking you guys if you see any problems with modern or public schooling. 
Oh, but also, actually, before you answer, I think it's important to emphasize that we all know there's so many amazing teachers out there, but they right. often feel kind of stuck in the rules and um, they're tied with this tied like their hands are tied a little bit with the yeah. system in place. Mm-hmm. So this is not a knock on teachers at all. There's so many amazing teachers. But totally. in regards to the the public schooling system, do you guys see any problems with it? Potential problems. I think there's flaws in every system. For sure. That could be school or anything else. And like you said, there are incredible teachers, but sometimes, yeah, they just don't have enough resources or they have 10 extra kids in their classroom or whatever it is, and they just don't have time for all the students. Or, you know, we especially right now with so many kids having missed, you know, up to a year of school last year, and they're, you know, but some still did online schooling. And so they're doing a lot of catch up right now. And, um, yeah, that's just, that's, that's a lot for like one teacher in a classroom to be dealing with. And, um, yeah, I just think that's difficult, mm-hmm. even though I think they're amazing. I know it's not easy. I wouldn't want to be no way taking that on right now. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, I used to teach, so the parent, not the parent, the, the student to teacher ratio is real. It's a real mm-hmm. thing. I would have maybe one or two kids in class who were messing around too much. And I'm like, I cannot teach like this mm-hmm. with all these children in the class. And then there's a couple who are just like not behaving properly. And so it's like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. So I would say um, the student to teacher ratio is a real um, thing. And also uh, basically everything that you said um, is everything I I feel and believe too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, sometimes when we're homeschooling our kids, I'm wondering like, how in the world do these teachers like educate like 30 kids at one, at one time? It's It's amazing. amazing. It's actually incredible. It's a lot of work. And I really give the teachers so much respect because they do love the children. Most teachers anyways, um, some don't want to really teach. And that could, I would say that could be another problem when the teacher's not motivated They're maybe they're not getting paid well. Totally. And it's hard. It's hard to have all these kids, maybe not enough resources to provide exactly what you would want for them. That can be a challenge, I would say. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of things broken within the system that can yeah. be that can definitely be helped and could be shifted yeah. if there was like um, an emphasis towards it. But I'm not I'm not sure if it's going to be changing anytime soon. And I know that there are plenty of kids who go to public school and they love their experience. Mm-hmm. So I think it really just depends on each child yeah. and what what they're needing and what they desire. And I I would love to send my children to school if as they age they're wanting to go to school and finding out okay what are the reasons you want to go to school and it really just I think that it's super important to emphasize like that every child is different and Mm -hmm. what's going to be best for them is like the most important thing Mm -hmm. yes so you exactly I I, I would like to touch a little bit on that for me I feel the same way if my kid ever wanted to go to school because they've been in school they know what it's like at this point they don't want to go back to school but if they ever did I would totally send them I would look up schools and just kind of figure out which school I kind of aligned with and then sent them. I mean, the private school that the kids went to was amazing. I really enjoyed our experience there. They got to do a lot of hands-on things. They got to do gardening. They got to experience a lot. Um, There was a pretty good teacher-to-student ratio, but you have to pay for that, I would say. Like in a private school setting, you Mm -hmm. have to pay a lot of money for that Mm -hmm. type of And not everyone can afford that. Yeah. Yeah. There are some decent private schools too. I mean, public schools too. The one my child went to... um, a lot of parents were involved, and so parents would donate money, and so they would have a lot more resources than maybe a traditional 
a regular um, public mm-hmm. school. It was kind of like a, it was a charter school, yeah. and it was in the mountains, and it was in nature, and the kids did gardening too. And so there are some great schools, and the teachers I think do um, a great job as well. So yeah, I think it's definitely do what you feel is right mm-hmm. for your totally. family. Okay, next thing I want to ask is, do you think that the um, the milestones the public sy- public education sets in place is arbitrary, or is there a place for it? The milestones? Like the milestones that we set in regards to like the grades and... and... I mean, I don't like grading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think oh, it's hard. Uh, I'm not one that gives my kids grades or anything like that. Um, Every child is so different and they learn different. And so I don't really enjoy that part of the school. Um, are they needed? I don't think they're really needed. I guess maybe in high school if they're trying to go to college or something, mm-hmm. uh, it's important. But in the lower grade levels, um, I don't think it's needed. Yeah, I really <laughs> prefer to just let kids learn things at their own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, both of my kids were really slow with their motor skills. They're both really late walkers, but really early talkers. Um, My son was an early reader. My daughter was a late reader. And I just appreciated having the freedom, the time and the space for them to do things at their speed Mm -hmm. instead of being like, well, you're supposed to learn to read in kindergarten and you're still struggling in first grade. And also we have to remember that in a school classroom, my daughter is born the last week of the cutoff. So she's the youngest in her grade. So she is a whole year behind our good friend who was born the first day of the cutoff. Mm-hmm. And they are in very different places academically in a lot of areas because there's a year between them. Mm. So I really like that she has the space in our home, at least for those first few years when you're still getting such a foundation um, of you know, reading even. That's such a huge thing. Um, I'm so glad that she was able to do it at her speed and to not feel like a failure and not feel like you're at the bottom of the class Yes, and feel discouraged because she would have taken that so hard. Her tender little heart just would have been like, yes, I'm trying. Yeah. I enjoy reading. I'm just not quite like getting it at the same speed as these kids. And I'm really thankful that she had this space to be able to read when she was ready. And she was just like a couple months later and now Mm -hmm. she loves reading and is devouring chapter books right just her timeline was slightly different right I think that's one of the my favorite parts about homeschooling is that children can go at their own pace and follow Mm -hmm. whatever they're most excited about whatever they're naturally gravitating towards because they tend to gravitate towards the things they're really good at too Mm -hmm. a lot of times and then they can just excel and get like years quote-unquote ahead as if compared to if they they were in regular school so I love that and and the fact that there's not like a comparison game to all the other kids that are you know their same age and technically supposed to be at the same level so I think that that's really really helpful for their own well-being and their mental wellness to just focus on what they're really excited about Yes, because I think sometimes they can get discouraged, like in school, and they're comparing themselves to other kids, like, oh, well, I'm not doing that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and even in homeschooling, if you're around a lot of homeschooling kids, they might do that a little bit, Yeah. but it's not as much. It's not like right in your face, because there's like, you know, maybe 25, 30 other kids of the same yeah. um, age as you in the class. And I think uh, sometimes it can become discouraging if they're be- behind in a certain thing. But the beauty of homeschooling is that, like you said, you can go at your own pace and excel in other things that they're really passionate about. 
yeah. and be way ahead of the game. <laughs> I mean, my, my uh, Nico, he's like two or three grades ahead of math um, and reading, whereas Gianni, he, doesn't, he didn't like reading at first. Mm-hmm. And so he was a little bit more slower to come, but then now he loves reading. Yeah. And it's so cool, and he wasn't discouraged by it. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. That's not to say there's a, it's bad to have any kind of competition or natural right. inclination to want to like, I don't know, just push yourself ahead when yeah. you're in a group. That's not, it's not like you want to shun your kids completely from anything like that. Um, it's more so just like the extreme dogma that is related to the school system that can happen for some kids mm-hmm. that I think that is helpful to be aware of. Yes. And that's actually something super cool, like you said, about homeschool groups. And when they're around other kids, it it ends up being like this real free spirit thing mm-hmm. where they're all kind of learning off each other and getting excited off of different topics. Yes. Um, So I want to bring up how I I read that data suggests that approximately 1.2 million families switched to homeschooling last academic year, bringing the total number of homeschool students to 3.1 million. Wow. So with homeschooling on the rise, like, let's just talk a little bit about the reasons now more than ever to homeschool. Yeah. I just always go back to the freedom of it. I mean, having time with your kids, like, that's, you know, six to eight hours a day that, like, they're in school and then if they do have extracurricular activities afterwards that's a lot of running around for families so just having that freedom in your schedule having the freedom to go at your kids pace Um, I think my other favorite thing that I love about homeschooling is getting to learn things that weren't part of the curriculum in in public school or private Mm -hmm. school I did a little of both um, so like my son is really into survival stuff right now. So he's like <laughs> building fires and yesterday he had made some whole water catchment system, like with a wheelbarrow and a pump. And I was like, that's awesome, dude. I love that. Like it's 9am and he's like still in his jammies, just out there figuring this out and tinkering around with it. And Paige is watering the garden. And, um, I just love that there's freedom for them to do that or for them to learn more about personal finance or like we just bought a house and they're like going through that whole process with them mm-hmm. or with us. And I'm like, I would have loved to know any of these things when I came <laughs> into adulthood, like personal finance, how to pay taxes, how to buy a house, how to, you know, do a lot of these things. And maybe those are taught in some schools. I don't, maybe I just missed them. But no, I, I was not taught that stuff in yeah. high school, elementary for sure. Yeah, I would have appreciated a little more of that. Yeah. personally. <laughs> well, I think a lot more people are starting to homeschool because of what's been going on the past couple years with the pandemic. I know a lot of people have struggled with um, trying to do it at home with virtually with a teacher mm-hmm. there. And then sometimes they get to go in and then sometimes not. And then sometimes they do and they have to wear the mask all day long. And so I think that the stability is not there for the kids right now. And I know uh, parents who send their kids to school have, have expressed that to me, how it's, it's a little challenging right now. Mm-hmm. So I think homeschooling, I mean, when the pandemic happened, it really wasn't a huge shift or change for us. It was like, yeah. we were already homeschooling. And so that was pretty cool. And our kids um, just kept doing what they've been doing and didn't have to, um, you know, do the online type school stuff and just kept on doing what they were doing. And I think a lot of parents nowadays, they're seeing that and they kind of want that freedom and flexibility to do that also. So that's something to think about with everything going on in the world right now. Yes, I think both of those things you said, like everything that's happening in the world and just um, the restrictions that they've had with their with their learning, that what they were used to, being able to go to school before without all these um, restrictions and things like that, and what happened with them being at, at home and 
um, there was so much suffering, I think, with kids just like tied to a screen by themselves all day while, you know, parents, a lot of them had to be at work. And so mm-hmm. how, I can't even imagine. And then also the ability to teach your children really practical things mm-hmm. and for them to just be immersed in things that they would experience in the real world that mm-hmm. we wish we would have been taught ourselves yes. that aren't like unit curriculums in school, but like probably should be. Um, I think it also reminds me another thing that John Holt had said about how how amazing children learn when they're with someone who's passionate about something Mm -hmm. and how quickly they take on whatever that specific topic is the person is passionate about. It reminds me of when my kids were um, at my dad's house, so their grandpa, and we were in California, and they were in the backyard, and my dad was really excited about composting at the time. (laughs) And they were in the backyard, and he was just showing them all the things, and my dad loves to explain everything in really gruesome detail and just take everything step by step and show them how to do something. And they were just so excited about it and immersed into it. Mm -hmm. And it's that type of daily thing where they're with adults who are excited about things, whatever they're passionate about, And I think that's something really important that we can make sure to do as homeschoolers that give you that added benefit of homeschooling is immersing them with other adults who are passionate about things and they learn so much from that. And the other thing I think is a lot of parents are starting to become concerned about the types of things that children are learning in school even. Mm -hmm. Some things that are starting to, some agenda type things that are being put forth in school. And that doesn't mean it's always the case, but there are certain uh, examples of that happening. And so people are kind of doing this call to action homeschool type thing like you know Mm -hmm. so you can educate your children in a way that you know is is best for their development um okay so next i want to get into breaking down a few different parenting philosophies um for the homeschooling philosophies yes homeschooling philosophies my last (laughs) my last my last episode was a parenting episode so you know that was just yesterday um but a few different homeschooling philosophies um for those who are looking to homeschool but they don't know where to start they don't know like what the differences are like maybe they have in their head that there's one way to do it but there's actually so many different ways to homeschool and tailor it based on your child's needs so yeah let's get into that i think it would be good to talk about unschooling a lot of people don't know what that is Mm -hmm. Um, and then we can talk about a more structured kind of the opposite end of like maybe online schooling or very just like curriculum based schooling and then somewhere in between and talk about a different couple philosophies from there. So do one of you guys get, want to go first? I'm going to do the unschooling. Sure. Um, I think unschooling, I think all of these things can look like a lot of different ways, right? Um, unschooling can look like our child will figure out how to read when they decide to, (laughs) you know, and just kind of Mm -hmm. like parents are super hands off. Um, so that's one example of unschooling that I think is kind of the thing that people think of when they hear that word still, you know, this extreme example they've maybe seen on TV or something. Um, for us, it's just a little more free and open and child led. So we don't have a curriculum and we just kind of go off of whatever the next thing, the next natural thing for them to learn would be. So some days I might write um, a handful of things on our whiteboard, like these are some things I'd like to do today. And we might get through two of them or we might do them all and more. And some days we might just be like completely scratched that list and they're like so focused in, you know, like we did this like herbal medicine course and they're like, let's go out and find these. So we're like, (laughs) scratch, you know, the whole schedule, you know, scrap the plans for the day and just like, we're going to go out and forage and like make a tincture when we get home. And just having that flexibility to just set aside 
what we thought our plans were going to be and follow wherever their interests are. Because like you said, when they're excited about something and they're like passionate about it and they see I'm excited about it because I geek out on that stuff, they're like, let's keep going. Like, yeah. you know, so they've created this whole, and then they want to create this whole like fairy herb garden at home. And they're like naming all the fairies plant names and they're just like getting super into it. So for us, unschooling is just being able to follow those curiosities, follow those passions and making time and space for the kids to lead, um, wherever they want perfect yeah and so I think the opposite end of the spectrum would be more like a uh, box curriculum or like an online school type of thing so box curriculum is you find a curriculum that you like you get it and then you just follow exactly what it says and then for online school um, there's different programs that you can do one of them that my our friends do is called Acellus online and I talked to her a little bit about it and she says her kids do about four hours of school a day so um, four days a week, so 16 hours a week. And then uh, they actually uh, advance the whole grade level just by doing that. So she thinks that's more than enough uh, for them to do. So it's all online. They have um, videos that they watch and learn from online. And I think that's really good for parents who maybe don't want to do specific things with them or don't know what to do and they just want someone else to do it. That's uh, a good way to, um, to do homeschooling is the online school. Mm -hmm. The box curriculum is um, is great too. It's a great um, tool to have. We love um, the good and the beautiful curriculum. I got a bunch of their stuff and I also use it. I don't per se follow and do it every single day exactly as it as they say, but I love having it as a resource. And that's what you can also do too. I think that's kind of the middle ground. I would say more like that. I'm kind of like the eclectic approach and um, just the middle ground, having all the resources that I can, lots of books, lots of hands-on things. I love subscription boxes, um, different curriculums, different um, workbooks, because my kids actually do like workbooks, which is funny. I'm like, I was all against them in the beginning. I'm like, no, you can't do a workbook. <laughs> but they were drawn to them and love them. Like, okay, I guess I'll get it for you. So there's fun ones like the Star Wars math books. Yes. They just love My kids those. love the Star Wars <laughs> workbooks. So fun. So yeah. they've created lots of different um, educational resources. Lakeshore Learning is another really good resource for um, supplies and rainbow resources. There's a lot. Um, and so uh, the middle ground, uh, I would say, is um, kind of picking a philosophy of yours. Let's say it's Charlotte Mason. Charlotte Mason, they do a lot of art studies, narration, um, being in nature a lot. And so you can kind of take that philosophy and then find resources that you like that kind of go along with that philosophy, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, perfect. Okay, I think that's a good way to explain it. A lot of people, I think, when they hear unschooling, they think, like if we're going back to the first one, mm -hmm. that they must think like, oh, well, what if the kid just wants to watch TV all day? Right. And then you just don't do anything. Or they kind of, a lot of people also assume that um, school is like school time. And then after school is like yeah. not school, not learning time. But yeah. really living is learning. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you can take an approach where you maybe you want to do a curriculum or you're like inspired by certain creative resources like Josefa was talking about. Um, or maybe you're even doing this uh, online schooling that she was talking about originally. But you also can make sure to be aware and incorporate and realize that living is learning. So throughout mm -hmm. everything that they're doing throughout the day, look for ways on what, what are they interested in and how can we provide information and give them the resources that they need to help them learn 
even more. Mm-hmm. And and it's really just like about everything that they do. Children want to be like big people. They want mm-hmm. to learn how to be like us. And so everything about them and their spirit loves learning at a young age. And it isn't until a lot of times when they get older that they think this is learning. Well, I don't like learning, mm-hmm. you know, if it comes to going to a regular school. And that's like we said earlier, not every kid, every kid is different. Like Josefa loves school. My sister loves school. I, on the other hand, when I got to school, was like, this is learning. (laughs) I hate learning. (laughs) I hate sitting in a desk all day and being told what to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, walking down the hall and having all these rules. And I was always getting in trouble, even though I was like not a, I was was like a totally perfectly normal, I mean, normal isn't the word, but I was just getting trouble all the time. I just didn't like having the rules. And so in my head, that's what learning was. And I'm like, I don't like learning. But as a kid, we love learning. Mm -hmm. And so just realizing that like every, Every opportunity that you see throughout the day is is a place for learning, and yeah. you can expand that and give them re- the resources. That's what's so beautiful. So even if you're watching this and maybe you're inspired by homeschooling, but you're just not there yet, or you don't have the ability to homeschool, you can realize that outside of the home, when you are with your children, you still have that opportunity to do things with them where they're learning in an you know unschooling approach where yes. you can just provide whatever they're excited about, excited about absolutely i would say even when my children were in school when they got home we were doing activities and fun things we would go to the library we'd go to museums we'd go wherever um they wanted really that was educational and fun so they can learn so just because your child is in school too doesn't mean mm-hmm. you can't do um, some interest-led type of learning at home when they are home Right. You know, and I think it's perfect because it, that will kind of ignite passions in them and help them figure out what do I want to be when I grow up? What do I want to do in, with my future? I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was like in college. So we have plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Um, yeah. 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 So good. And then you also are inviting them into life skills. So like you're saying, just making yes. everything, we call everything school. So my kids get confused and people ask, what's your favorite subject? Cause I'm like, yesterday they did toilet school. They had to replace the pump in the toilet with dad. And I'm like, now they know how to do that. But it's someone's like, what'd you do today? It's like toilet school. Um, you know, when we had our foster baby, we just called that season like baby school. Like they learned how to like make the bottles and change the diapers and all about the foster care system and and so many other things i just feel like if you invite them into the everyday things that you're doing mm-hmm. you are doing school you're educating them you're teaching them and if they come out of 12th grade with like a whole lot of life skills that's amazing and yes. i mean they're going to learn other things too you know like we're in an era of information everything and anything we want to know is at our fingertips but um, it's the life skills that I feel like is kind of lacking sometimes in kids these days. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a good point because a lot of times children are kind of looked at as this like side prop where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they went to school, they came home, now just do your own thing. And while I have to do all my own things, but when you integrate, you know, your life with your kids, they're learning so much with everything that you're doing. Something as simple as like your husband, you know, fixing the toilet, a lot of people might just be inclined to be like, Good, leave, leave the room. I need to be alone yeah. in peace. But um, just like humbling yourself and slowing life down and just letting them be involved in it. They learn so much. Mm-hmm. Yes. It kind of reminds me of like with cooking. Sometimes I just want to be in the kitchen mm-hmm. by myself, doing what I want to do. I'll do it way quicker. But, you know, uh, Nico the other day, he like really wanted to learn how to cook some things. And so he it's like, okay, let's get out a cookbook. Why don't you pick one out and you write down some recipes, which ones you want to do. So he got grabbed the cookbook, went through it, and kind of picked out a few recipes that he wanted to learn, and then cooked it completely on his own. He made French toast, and it was so cute. I loved it. 
and he learned a life skill. So he's, I'm like, you're going to know how to cook when you're older. Yeah. And, and I think it's so great. Also, um, we go to the library a lot and that's where you can help your kid find their little passions and interests too because they'll go through all the books kind of pick out things that they're interested in gianni we would we just went recently and he is in love with uh, learning about cats right now cougars and and pumas and i don't even know the names of different ones and so we got all the books and started learning about them and then he did art art for kids hub is that what it's mm -hmm. called a class online and he drew the cougar and then I actually found um, another program called out school if you guys aren't familiar with it it's a great resource to have as parents um, they do classes online and so Gianni wanted to do a class where each each class was about a different cat <laughs> not something I am into or interested in but he loves it and I'm like go for it and he really loved it and he's in there with a few other kids and the teacher is so bubbly and fun and got to learn about some cats so that's so cool <laughs> okay so let's talk a little bit about like as the kids are getting a little older what kind of opportunities for maybe parents at home going what can I provide for my children to where they can get out and do the things maybe in the real world that you're not an expert on um, but like they can gain some really amazing experiences um, with other people and what they're learning like for me I think about how like right now currently our kids are in like baseball league every year and scouts doing ballet and now she's just starting gymnastics but there's also this benefit to um, balancing and not being so obsessed with all these extracurricular activities so it's really there's a weird balance there where mm -hmm. like sometimes life is all about the hustle and like just get them in all the things but then mm -hmm. there's also the hey let's slow it down and like pick one or two things at a time so obviously I just mentioned like sports but like other things like internships and um, I think about another example of um, our friend's daughter Charlie she's mm -hmm. like 14 now I think or maybe 15 and she's like at this it's a community mm -hmm. center where um she gets to you know be a part of a radio a radio show and like cooking and mm -hmm. um doing kind of cooking classes and making an ebook and it's that type of stuff that I think is really because they have the time to go do those types of things whereas they might not have that time if they were in regular school and they get home and they have all that homework and maybe don't mm -hmm. have as much time to do things like that. So maybe do you guys have any other ideas of different kinds of ways to get into internships or different things like that as they get older? I know our kids aren't quite at that age yet, but. Well, I think uh, taking, take not advantage, but <laughs> making use of your community, looking around. I mean, we have so many, t so many talented people in our community. Um, you, for example, are one. Hey, you want to start a podcast? I'm going to send you to Ellen. Yeah. And, you know, he can come and learn from you and, and things like that. So I think taking a look at who's in your community. Um, if they want, if they love flowers, there's a flower farm right, right down the street. Take them there. Ask them, hey, do you want to do a, a little collaboration? Can mm -hmm. we come? And you can help teach them about um, about planting flowers. <laughs> and right. they can learn all about it. Yeah. Um, so I think finding people in your community is key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Perfect. Okay, cool. I think that we wrapped up kind of that beginning at like the, just the wholeness of what it can be, all the different ways. And I kind of wanted to get into some common questions people have and you guys can just answer. Um, the first one is a lot of people ask, when do I start? How do I start homeschooling and like when? Like at what age? I think that, like you said earlier, homeschooling is kind of a lifestyle or almost like a parenting style. So it can start when they're two and three and starting to ask questions. And instead of being like, I don't know, I don't know. It's like, what do you think? Or 
let's look that up. What do ducks eat? You know, or you're shopping at Target and there's the letter T, T-T-T. Can we look for some other T's while we're shopping? And sometimes those things can feel like I have to make a little more effort. But <laughs> once you start doing it and it's just kind of your second nature to engage with your kids like that, then they're learning everywhere they go and with everything they're doing with you. So I think in that way, learning starts as soon as you have a child and you're you're teaching them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We started a um, curriculum in first grade because it was a Waldorf-based curriculum, and that's uh, traditionally when Waldorf starts is first grade. Um, But before that, for like preschool and kindergarten ages, we just made like a goal list for the year. So it might be like tie their shoes, learn to swim, uh, learn to spell their name, just kind of whatever was, you know, relevant to that specific kid. And I would just refer back to my list every few weeks or month or however often. And that was just kind of the the list, our little like goal list that we went off of that year. I love that. And it's so true when it comes to them being young, integrating them into your everyday things like shopping. And it's easy to just be like, sit quiet, you know, be quiet while I just do the shopping. But when you um, engage with them and let them, you know, do it with you. Yeah. They they, imp- they become empowered and they're more likely to be excited to learn as well because you're yeah. empowering them. Absolutely. I think um, I, I was laughing because I'm like, yeah, right out of the womb. <laughs> I feel like you can just start engaging with your child, sing songs to them, sing the ABCs, and it naturally kind of just goes in their brain and they just start remembering it. Um, I remember Nico, actually, um, I'd never even taught him my phone number. But we would go to this restaurant, and you get like a little discount if you say your phone number and you put it in. Anyways, um, he he remembered it like that. I'm yeah. like, so funny. But um, anyway, incorporating, um, I think you can start at any age, really. Right. When they're born. But compulsory education, though, there there are rules for that. So I would take a look at what your rules are for your state. Because I think for Hawaii, I think it's six. You like have to school. Mm-hmm. So you either have to put them in school or um, you can homeschool. And, and there's, you have to sign d- there's them different up. laws and rules. So um, there's a great website. It's the H, I wrote it down, hslda.org. Mm-hmm. It's a great re- resource for finding requirements, like for your state. And even I think it has things for different countries as well. Um, so for if you're getting started with homeschooling, excellent resource to go on there and find out what are the laws for your state. There are actually some countries that you cannot home- homeschool. It's like illegal. Yeah. Wow. And so I would definitely uh, take a look at that and see what you can, um, if you could homeschool. Yeah, that's really helpful for mm-hmm. people to look into. Thank you for sharing that website because then they can l- learn at what age they need to enroll their kids for like online um, or just to the public system, like mm-hmm. showing that you are homeschooling because that is really important. Important. Um, so what are your thoughts on parents who want to homeschool their children, but they feel like they aren't certified in anything and they're not experts in certain subjects and they want to be able to properly educate their children, but they're like, I just, I'm not maybe smart enough in their brain. Maybe they're saying that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think we all uh, can feel like that at times, but I would say don't let fear be a reason for you to not homeschool. If you can parent, if you can be a mom, you can homeschool. Um, so I would say don't allow fear to stop you from that. Talk to other moms in your uh, area who homeschool, uh, connect with different people, uh, and, and just tell yourself, you know what, I can do this. And there's so many resources nowadays to help um, parents um, to homeschool that I think uh, you don't have to let fear stand in the way. Compare, I know people can compare, oh, man, Jenna does all these amazing things. I know sometimes I'm like, man, Jenna does some really cool stuff. 
<laughs> but I think like every every family is unique and different, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Normally, what happens is. Um, you're going to start doing things in your home that you're kind of passionate about a little bit and they'll learn like toilet things <laughs> i don't know anything about it <laughs> <Me neither. laughs> or building things but you know um i think don't worry about that don't worry about comparing yourself to other people there's lots of people online and you can tend to do that don't do it because okay. you look within yourself and know that you are unique and special and you know what's best for your children if you go mm -hmm. off of that you're going to be good. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think also remembering, like, no one knows everything. Mm -hmm. Like, we all have, I like to think we all have maybe, like, a good solid, like, fifth or sixth grade education in most areas, and then we excel in our specific areas, mm -hmm. right? Like, there was a show or something, like, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Right. Like, and my son is in fifth grade right now, so I'm like, wow, yeah, there's a lot of us, I don't think remember some of these things and no. that's okay. Like you have your certain areas you excel in and then they get to see you learning alongside them. And I love that. Like my kids know that I don't know every single thing. Mm -hmm. Like they know I'm reading from, you know, a book or looking something up. I'm like, I don't know. Let's look that up. Let's research that together. And I think that's beautiful and healthy because then they're seeing an example of a lifelong learner mm, because yes. that's what I want them to be. I want them to not think that they have to go around with all the answers. I want them to sit and say, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Or I'd love to research that more. And so for them to see that in us, I think is awesome. I don't think they need to need a parent who knows everything. Yes, I think learn that that's beautifully said. I was actually going to say the same thing. It's really, really amazing for your kids to see you wanting to engage and learn with them, which is what we end up doing all yeah. the time. I'm always like learning yes. this with them. Like, let's look this up. Let's figure it out yeah. together. And they might come to me and be like, mom, did you know this about that? I'm like, I didn't know. Wow. And we're like trying to figure it out together. And you're so right. Creating a lifelong learner is, is and sh exampling that to them mm -hmm. is really powerful. And it's also wonderful to realize that you might excel in one thing and then it, the things that they really want to learn that you're, you don't know how to do and you can't just look it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes. you can hire out for that type of yes. thing or do even exchanges with other people, with other homeschooled parents being like, Hey, I know you're really great at this. Like, can you teach my child this? I'll teach your child this if they're interested, that type of thing as well. Uh, an example is that, um, my husband grew up learning all of the kids in their family each learned a different instrument growing up and Andrew's like okay I'm, I'm I'm thinking that the kids we could start them on an instrument soon I know that your kids do as well a little bit with yours right or I mean beatboxing right <laughs> yes oh my gosh Nico's a great beatboxer but Elvis was starting to show an interest in wanting to get a keyboard and so Andrew's like all right let's get the kids different instruments right now Sandy is just he was thinking he wanted to learn the violin and Andrew can't teach him the violin he's like I could teach him the saxophone I could mm -hmm. teach him um, the keyboard or a guitar so Right now, we're just going to do the keyboard and let Sandy and Elvis work on the keyboard. And if Sandy is still showing an interest, like, okay, I also want to do the violin, then we can hire out for that type mm -hmm. of thing. So that's exactly. A good I think of that. taking advantage of the resources around you. Um, we have a, a family whose daughter, she's really into um, singing and she sings so cute. And she plays the keyboard, producing. And she, I'm like, where did she learn that? And they have a music teacher. So then I'm like, okay, can I have their contact info? And then that's what you do. You just yeah. contact them, say, hey, can you come teach my child also? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Math, when it starts getting like harder, I'm like, mm, I yeah. don't know about that. Yeah. Um, hiring a tutor can be mm -hmm. beneficial to that. There's also online classes. Nico, the other day, he's like, mom, can I do a class online for, for math? I'm like, really? You want to do that? 
okay, oh, yeah. we can try it. So I'm going to look up a class um, on OutSchool for math. And so there's a lot of resources that we can use mm-hmm. to kind of help our children when we may not um, know it at the time. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, yeah. totally. Okay, another, I think probably one of the most common questions people have about homeschooling, which is something we kind of already talked about, but let's just talk about a little further, okay. is do homeschooled kids lack socialization? <laughs> No, not that I've seen. No, <laughs> but that was totally the stigma growing up. Totally. I remember even yeah. myself growing up thinking, "Oh, the homeschooled kids are the weird ones." Yeah. Yes. And someone pointed out to me, this is kind of funny, but someone was like, "I don't think that it's that homeschooling made them weird. It's just that that the families who tend to homeschool tend to be weird." <laughs> which was back. Weird. Which yeah. was back. I think it was no. a lot different yeah. back when we were growing up rather than now. It's exploded. Yes. A lot more people see benefits to homeschooling, um, at least for even just a period of time in their life. So, yeah. Why don't you just? explain a little to help really people to nail in the coffin there's this like stigma that homeschooled kids lack socialization but that just has not been any of our experiences at all I think your kids are as socialized as you let them be Mm. you know like I I grew up mostly in public school and I was very unsocialized you know I had a lot of childhood trauma and was rudely shy for most of basically until I got married so I I don't think that home, or, um, public school is what like socialized me. It was because of my own personality or what I had been through or my own family growing up. Um, but my kids are with friends every single day. Like we have to have days where like, let's have a friend break because <laughs> it's a little too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that it comes down to where your children are educated for how socialized they are. It's, it's just about if you're giving them opportunity to have friends and social skills and and also i think that there's this myth with socialization that they need to be around peers of the exact same age yes, in a I class was all say day, that totally which is crazy cuz that's like we're all different ages in this room mm-hmm. and my son plays with the neighbor kid. my son is 11 he plays with the neighbor kid who's 4 and he can play with the other kid who's 15 and he can have a conversation with my aunt who came over yesterday and and he can talk to people of all ages because that's normal life that's mm-hmm. real life yeah right? I want him to be able to not only be really good at talking to other 11 year olds mm-hmm. I want him to be able to talk to anyone yes he, he comes in contact with and get on their level right yes. depending on who they're yeah. like they can morph into whoever they're around like seeing my eldest Elvis who's 10 when he's around babies and toddlers and how you just get on their level he's so used to being around babies and it's not like this you know, not cool thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll get different once he got old, gets older, <laughs> but he, he loves it. And just yeah. seeing how when he's around older kids, how he adjusts and, or even adults and how he just becomes this like little adult mm-hmm. and socializing with them. It makes me think of when we had Dr. Clapper visiting for the podcast, how when I was setting up for the podcast, Elvis wanted to make Dr. Clapper a salad and tea. And so we made it and set it all up for him. And while I was setting up, he invited Dr. Clapper over to sit on the deck while I was setting up the podcast here. And they had this whole you know, conversation. And throughout the whole trip, he was conversing with them. By the end, Dr. Clapper was like, this kid's amazing. Like, <laughs> he's like, give him my email so we can go back and forth on emails. So and cute. if you ever have a question about, and he was teaching him all these amazing things about human anatomy and, you know, medical stuff. And it was so cool. Just, and if he was at school all day, he wouldn't have gotten that experience to be mm-hmm. around um, a medical doctor who has a wealth of knowledge in his field. Anyways, yes. you have a- yeah, I don't think that socialization is a problem I mean they're very very rare like you said mm-hmm. there's in the cabin in the woods with no one else around yeah but that's not what I've seen and noticed I actually think 
uh, being around uh, lots of different kids of different ages. I mean, Nico loves Kofax. So cute. They have a special little bond and relationship. And, it, and I think it helps them to um, learn how to interact with kids of different ages, even adults. And there's so many opportunities for socialization too, like whether it be a homeschool group, if you wanted to do that. Um, there's a Wild and Free, which is a really great website and resource too. Um, you can look up and join a Wild and Free group. If let's say you want homeschool community, you can find it that way. Um, also sports, sports is another way to um, provide, I guess, a social experience, experience with your child, um, doing baseball, soccer, football, whatever sport your child's into, um, they get to play with kids their age and just have a good time. So I think there's lots of opportunity for socialization. And I think even a, for me, I think it's a little more because we have a little bit more freedom and flexibility to just say, hey, let's go to the skate park with some friends and then we just go, or let's go to the beach um, with some friends during like the school day and they get that um, time there. We're, when they went to school, they did get um, breaks for that, like recess and lunch. But the rest of the time, they're in class like learning and have to focus on that. Whereas um, I think at home, you do um, homeschool. It doesn't take as many hours for homeschool. Yes. So we do it uh, you know, from about 10 to 1, four days a week. And then the rest of the time, we're able to do whatever we want. And that's also flexible, too. Let's say we wanted to go to, on a field trip somewhere to... Um, with friends, then we would do that during the school day. So a lot, I love the freedom and flexibility of that. Yeah, you made such a good point about how you can get so much more done in such a shorter amount of time because you're mm -hmm. focused on your children, just the, you know, the few kids that you have as opposed to a teacher that has to teach 30 children and has to go at a certain pace. You're not able to get as much done in a day as with when you're at home with your kids. So then after you get it done quicker, you have, you know, the, you know, quote unquote, get it done because you're really learning about all different kinds of things. But mm -hmm. when you do like more sit down stuff at home with them, then you have the rest of the day to, to go and do lots of different things mm -hmm. so another common question people have is how do you keep your kids motivated like what do you do mm -hmm. if your kids don't want to homeschool what if they're like consistently just <laughs> resisting and just not wanting to do it and maybe part of it is because you're their mom right it's not the same as if they had like um, a different peer who was teaching them so how do you how do you handle that if your kid just consistently mm -hmm. doesn't want to do any kind of homeschooling they're like no nah, I just want to do it I don't want to do anything <laughs> I mean, I would say for the most part, my kids are pretty motivated to learn because we're doing things that they're interested in. Although there are some times where I, I want to incorporate something that I want them maybe pique their interest and they're like, wait a minute, what is this? Um, but, um, or a hard, let's say a harder level of math, let's say, um, than they want to do. Um, I'm like, okay, do they really like just not want to challenge themselves, you know? or do they really just don't want to do it? And so um, I, I do encourage them. I say, you know, you can do hard things. And so maybe you may not know this math problem right now, but that's, you don't have to, you're not supposed to. That's why I'm helping guide you to learn. Um, and so once they get it, they're like, oh my gosh, I love this, it's so cool. <laughs> so I think if you can keep the um, interest-led type of thing going, that definitely helps. And also, there's going to be some days, I mean, we all have our days when mm -hmm. we're in different moods. I think sometimes you can just take a little break. Go out in nature. I think nature is the best medicine. Um, helps them to get more free. And while maybe they need to do a wrestling break. I know my boys, they love to wrestle. Yes. They're very active. Oh, my gosh. So, hey, take a little wrestling break. Um, so I think there's different uh, ways to help. Also, I do tell them, 
how good they got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, do you know the, how good you have it here? Um, and then they remember and they're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I want I want to keep homeschooling. Yeah. And so, yeah, just encouraging them with uh, positive words and just reminding them and then doing something fun with them, of things that they're interested in. It's mm. good. I think um, changing it up too can help. Sometimes if there's a subject that's maybe not as interesting or an area where they feel stuck, like, okay, let's change our approach. We don't have to just teach it this way at the desk mm-hmm. on this paper. Like, let's go out and find a way to do that math in nature or find out a way to you know, make this story stick. Let's act it out instead or whatever it is. You know, Just like use your creativity. It doesn't have to be some elaborate Pinterest project, <laughs> but like you said, even just getting out in nature, like we're going to take this book out to the beach or we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, go do this after we go on a little hike or something. Um, just kind of changing your environment or your approach can be really helpful. Love yes. that. That's all so helpful for us. We kind of have like certain things, right. That we're learning and we have our projects that we do that, that I'll do with them. Um, once a week and then Andrew does these throughout the rest of the days where he does like curriculum and sometimes he'll do projects with them too but on certain days when they're just not feeling it they're like I don't want to do my math book I don't want to do my reading and that type of thing Andrew be like okay pick whatever you want to learn about I'm gonna and then he'll if they're like really struggling still like I don't even know what he'll be like all right here's four things that he knows they would want to learn about he's Mm -hmm. like we could learn about the toilet sanitation system and they're like like for the (laughs) They're like, what? Anything it's toilet? So I don't know why it's like sanitation is so interesting to children, like the toilet um, yeah. public system. Or he's like, or we can learn about alien theories. And he'll be like, or we can learn. And he'll just pick the most <laughs> random things. And then they pick one. And it's like the whole day is just like looking up alien theories. And like they're just so into it. All of a sudden, they're really back and they're pumped about their about learning. Because yeah. it's like, look at these are the different things. And this is what people are looking These are the so-called UFO sightings. And, here, and they'll just go into all of it. And it'll be Ooh. something so random like I'll come back from work and I'm like you learned about toilets all day (laughs) (laughs) hey but we wrote about it and we drew a little yes exactly they do this whole long paragraph (laughs) journal about it they draw pictures and it's like just this all-encompassing fun experience for them and then the next day they're like okay yeah I'm ready for math books yeah I think it's cool to incorporate things you're passionate about with uh, multiple subjects like you know, um, when Gianni wants to, uh, doesn't, he's not a huge fan of writing, but when it's something that he's passionate about, then he'll do it. So we bought these cute little um, books, and we do the author day every year, and they can create their own story. And they get really pumped and excited about that. And they'll write an entire book, you know, and I think that's what they're passionate about, and it's cool, and it helps get them writing. So doing something like that is a really fun way to make it fun and interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. and then they get to see what they did at the end of it, this huge project they did at their book yeah. and their drawings and their story. Yes, we've done yeah. that multiple times like mm-hmm. with our homeschool group and even just on our own and like the kids love looking back at their like own homemade books that they got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the next question would be like, do you need to have a schedule? So we did kind of talk about how it's like, it could be free flow, it could be um, uh, like rigid. So. I guess it really just is what you what you make of it. Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, fine. Um, I think it it can be different in different seasons. Um, mm-hmm. When we had our foster babe in the house for over a year, we squeezed a lot into a little bit of time. You know, it was we weren't really on a schedule. It's like, okay, she's asleep. Let's let's do some homeschool, or or she's out of visitation. Let's get some stuff done. Um, but now that my kids are older, like kind of later elementary school. Um, 
in this season that we are in, we kind of thrive on a little bit more of a schedule. So it might just be like, oh, from like kind of like you said, from this time to this time, we're going to focus on some sort of school stuff. And it might look really loose and free-flowing, or we might be sitting down writing something on a paper or doing math or something. Um, but that time, having like at least that chunk of our day that's dedicated to school um, mm-hmm. is helpful for us. And it also keeps us, like I said, our, our neighborhood can get very social. So it keeps from like the 8 a.m. like knocks on the door. It's like, so they know just like after two o'clock, mm-hmm. we can play for hours. Right. Mm-hmm. But just kind of having like that devoted time, even if it's not like every single minute or hour has an assigned task or subject. Yes, exactly. I'm similar. I am. We have kind of like a routine. I think routines are important, like a strict rigid schedule. You don't have to have, but some people thrive on that too. So I think do what's best for your family. Um, For me, I do like having a routine. And so we have a routine Monday through Thursday from 10 to one. We're going to kind of focus on some things. Now, is it super rigid where I'm like, from this time to this time, we're doing this from this. Not really. Um, We do start off with like usually like snack and story time, and then we'll get into topics of interest and then kind of go from there. Um, But I like to leave a room for curiosity and fun and um, like if they want to go to the library or something, all right, let's go to the library. Um, So it's not like super rigid, but I think it's important to have, for me, a routine to kind of know um, what, so the children can expect it. Like this is what we're doing during this time. And I think it kind of helps um, create less behavior problems too, I think, because they kind of expect it and know that it's it's at this time when we're doing it. And and they get plant so much free time in the morning too. They're just like, we start a little bit later. You're probably an earlier starter. But um, I think pick what works for you and your family. I know some families who... Um, do it like later in the evening, you know, or even on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So I think go with what works for you. And you don't have to have a super strict schedule, but I think a routine is good to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I like what you said too about how sometimes some families can even choose to homeschool on the weekends, like maybe if their partner is not working. And so it's easier to do it with your partner, if that's even a possibility. That's something Mm -hmm. I've never even... Mm-hmm. even considered yeah. um we start our homeschooling a little bit later in the day we like to do it slow have mm-hmm. slow mornings you know eat yes. breakfast lazily play with the kids and i think about how if we were at school we'd have to hustle so fast out the door <laughs> especially with the four kids that we have i'm like man the days that we do have to get out of the house early i'm like oh this is exhausting yes. <laughs> let alone if we had to do that every day yes that's what one of my favorite things about homeschooling mm-hmm. is the slow mornings because i was there when i had to get them there by a certain time and i'd be be like okay we gotta hurry up and eat and it was i was just like oh i'm tired yeah and then all the driving i had to do it was like so much driving um so i love that uh, that we get to have the slow mornings and relax actually make a good breakfast and then i don't have to pack a whole lunch to send them to school I kind of like that I get to cook at home right and yeah have that slower time with them yeah I think that can be really healthy for kids to not just be so hustle 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 all the time mm-hmm. with this fast-paced world that we've made and just let them be you know children and not mm-hmm. have to be so rushed every single day yeah mm-hmm. so are there any surprising benefits to homeschooling that you didn't expect I think it's been really healing for me um I kind of grew up fast as a kid and Although I mostly enjoyed school or I'm like, I feel like I'm the personality type that school was made for. Like I'm studious. I was very Mm -hmm. teacher's pet and always tried to get like the straight A's. I always did kind of feel like this, like 
round peg in a square or however that I think I did that backwards anyway <laughs> um but I felt like I just didn't quite fit in there and um I kind of missed a lot and I kind of missed some of this like wonder and curiosity that is supposed to be part of childhood so I think a surprising thing for me has been like how like beautiful and healing it is for me to like learn alongside my kids and like do art or like things and I'm like I don't have time for art like (laughs) I have to like mop a floor or something responsible but um being able to just like have this dedicated time that we're like doing something or learning a new skill um so much of the time as adults we don't set aside time for ourselves to learn something new but being able to like join my kids in that like you know I'm in the school program right now for myself and being able to even kind of bring them into some of the schooling I'm doing and like we have this time to like we have time today to learn something is really cool Mm -hmm. I think that um that's been my biggest surprise how much I've really enjoyed it in a way that I didn't expect Hmm. yeah I don't have an elaborate answer I would just say I'm surprised that I'm still homeschooling (laughs) (laughs) because I'm telling you I did never pictured myself homeschooling so to eat, I think the surprise was that I enjoyed it and loved it and wanted to continue doing it. Mm-hmm. And that your kids loved it. And that my kids loved it. Yes, for me, mm-hmm. it's just seeing how much, how, exci- how excited they are at the things that we're doing. Like, it's so cool to have it, seeing it play out compared to like in my head when I was like maybe pregnant with my first kid, like, oh, I'm totally gonna homeschool, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'll send them to school when they're older if they wanna go to school, but I would love to start out homeschooling. And then just seeing it in reality in like how it is now and just how excited the kids get about these new things and different things that we're learning, it's really special. And that they get to be with their dad, too. Part of that is because we do have Andrew at home, and so they're learning a lot from both of us, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So what about someone who wants to homeschool, but they feel, like, financially constrained or if both parents are working or something? Is there any way that parents can swing it if they have some constraints like that? I think there's a few different ideas I have in mind um, because – I think I take it back to when um, I was working full time and I really wanted to be a stay at home mom. And my husband was like, no, but you have a great job and you have that income coming in. How are we going to do it without it? And so what I did was I basically rewrote a budget with just his income and we just lived like that for about a year or two. It took me two years to finally make the decision like, okay, we can do this and I can stay at home and homeschool. So I would say really take a look at the budget because there's certain things in your budget you think that are uh, needs but they're wants like new clothes for example that is a want that's not a need you can get things used or um, hand-me-downs or things like that um let's see i can't think of anything else right now but there's lots of things that you can look at in your budget to see what can i take out what is not a want i mean what is not a need Okay, and then so so take a look at that, and then if you really still can't swing it, maybe working part time. Like maybe you can work part time and then spend uh, some of those hours with your child. Um, another idea I would say is um, if you if you really want to homeschool, but let's say you can't, maybe you can have um, somebody else homeschool your children. Ask a friend, ask a family member, ask somebody else who's already homeschooling if they are able to do it. Um, maybe you can pay them a little bit. Um, or, or do an exchange or, or do an exchange like mm-hmm. or something like that. I had another idea, but 
I can't think of it right now, so I'll let you go now. <laughs> um, I was going to say what you already said, so that's great. Um, checking out your budget is really good. Um, I also read a book a few years ago called The Five-Hour School Week. I can't remember the oh, name yeah. of the author. I don't know mm, if you, if you guys that. have read it. Um, it was just really encouraging and just kind of that like reminder of they don't you don't need six to eight hours a day to teach your kid. Mm-hmm. Like they're not in a classroom of, of 20 or 30 kids. Like you get this concentrated time with them. And so you don't, like if you do work part-time or even a full-time job, I have a friend that works a full-time job and she just does her homeschool with the kids on the weekends and has like family and friends that help out during the week. But um, I just think that if something is really important to you and it's a value to you, and it doesn't have to be, but if it is, mm-hmm. like there's always a creative solution, you know? Yes. And it doesn't need to look like it does for you or me or you. Mm-hmm. Like it's it can... It can look a hundred different ways. Yeah, that's perfect. Another thing I was going to say, I remembered, was if you can do a work from home type of job, mm-hmm. that could be helpful too. Um, you know, do a little bit of work, get a little break, do a little homeschool, and also you don't have to have the same hours as school. Yeah, you can do it after work hours also, and like you said, just find someone who can maybe take care of your children during the day, or something like that. So, different that's ways. Yes. And then if you really, really can't. <laughs> Um, I think just finding a school that you kind of align with and love and then just sending them there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just tackling on a little bit what you said about the exchange thing or just having someone else homeschool your kids too. You could also do like a twice a week kind of swap thing. Yes. Like, hey, so you take my kids twice a week, I'll take your kids twice a week and we'll homeschool each other's kids. Um, so that way maybe if you have a part-time job, you can still be able to do both like that. Yes, mm-hmm. that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. also an idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are there any cons to homeschooling? Hmm. Not enough time to myself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would say that's the biggest con for me, but that's why I think it's so important to set aside that time for yourself so that you can get rejuvenated and do things that you're also passionate and, and that you love, too. I think that's the biggest challenge, I would say, for me is um, – making time for myself and so I do make it a priority though and I put it in the schedule and I make the time to spend with my friends because that really helps me um, to just get rejuvenated again. It's mm, good. Nothing is coming to mind right now. <laughs> I'll let you know if something comes up. Mm, I think I think probably uh, a con would be like you said like it, it there's not much time for yourself as much um, but for the for oh gosh I don't know I'm trying to think what what could it be if something comes to mind I, I think I'll I think another thing, though, that could be a challenge for people is is um, sometimes, let's say, your kids are being very emotional and misbehaving, and I think they do that more so at home because they're comfortable with you, and I think that's great, and they, may, they wouldn't act like that like at school with the teacher, but with you, they will because they're just more comfortable around yeah. you, and so I think it's, that can be a challenge at times when they're going through big emotions and behave, maybe behavior difficulties, and so... I try to take it as like, okay, this is a great learning opportunity for me. See, what can I do to help my child express these big emotions? And, um, and it helps, it's helped me grow like so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I think I've learned just as much, if not more, in this journey of homeschooling um, my children. And, and that's one of the things I've definitely um, been learning. And I'm not perfect at it at all, um, but definitely has helped me to grow. 
Yes, for sure. For sure. That's such a good point. I'm so glad you said that. Um, so I have a couple more common questions, I think. But before I get into that, I think it would be helpful to explain a little bit about the different types of subjects that you can teach your children that are so wide and far range. Other than just the, you know, five like subjects that they learn in school, you know, you, you think typical like math, science, history, you know, English type of things. Like what other types of things can children explore through homeschooling outside of that? I mean, so many things. I think, like, Quinn did a little lesson, this just popped in my head, um, about, like, socks with the kids mm -hmm. and investing. And then he he gave them a little paper, and they created their own little investments and stuff, and kind of, and they went through the season of that. And so some, they don't really teach that in school. And financial management, um, I think, is another one. Um, I thought you said socks at first, but you said stocks. Oh, stocks. <laughs> stocks, yeah. Stocks and financial uh, financial independence, that type of thing, mm -hmm. is something that came to mind. Yes, I think that's an important one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a huge focus for us, for sure. Um, my kids have really been geeking out on stocks lately and checking their little accounts every day and always looking for coins and seeing what they're worth. Mm -hmm. and. Um, I, I just anything like literally anything you can look at anyone and be like what do they do I'm in, I'm interested in that I'd like to know more about mm -hmm. that job you know there's yeah. a, a billion jobs Word, woodworking like we have a friend um Kyle who does like creates these beautiful surfboards and I'm like can you come over and teach yeah. my kid how to do that you know and we did a little um a little build your own kind of car thing and he came over and did that with them and that was really fun and yes. cute and so I think um, you can do woodworking you can do uh, if there's a plumber and your your kid is, wants to learn about plumbing you know you can mm -hmm. do plumbing like I think life type skills mm -hmm. are things that they don't really teach in school cooking um, I don't know, I can't think yeah, of... Yeah, like, I think like, of, like, geology. geology. I think about, I think mm -hmm. about even learning about, like, national parks and mm -hmm. um, things like, like, building things, like when um, our kids built uh, the... Oh, the skate ramp. The skate ramp That's with right. Quinn and just just literally whatever they're interested in, mm -hmm. which is super, super cool. So they have those core subjects. They're learning about all those things like anatomy and, yeah. um, you know, biology and mm -hmm. English and writing, but there's also so many other things that, like, they really wouldn't get at school. Mm -hmm. And even something, cr like, creative. It makes me think of uh, the TED Talk, Does School Kill Creativity? Mm -hmm. by Sir Ken Robinson and how he talks about this girl. Well, you should just watch it. But basically, like, <laughs> if they're really creative and they're really interested in doing something like dancing and being able to have have more time to to do dancing that potentially mm -hmm. what if they want to make that their career yes. and um like realizing that there are creative careers that we should emphasize and not just try to put it aside Cause a lot of times school puts this like oh art's not as important and mm -hmm. you know dance like that type of thing just put it on the side but like people actually make careers out of it and it's something mm -hmm. that entertains us as a as a collective as a society um from people who excel at that so yes absolutely Okay, so uh, another question is, what creative ways are there to keep the magic alive in learning? Keep the magic alive in learning. I love that question. I think there's so many ways. You, just anything that pops into your head, like today we want to go visit this museum or this park or visit this auntie or uncle who is, has this skill that they can teach us or I don't know, I just, I don't think it needs to be complicated. I don't think you need lots of art supplies or have to have all these like special projects that are really involved or anything. I think it's just like, I don't know, looking around the world and seeing everything as an opportunity to learn, like is exciting, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
anything that brings you beyond like a workbook and a desk is like it's exciting. a field trip. It yeah. totally yes. is. Yes. And I think um, keeping the childhood wonderment and imagination alive is something that I'm, I love and it's important to me. And so, you know, reading fairy tales and myths and things like that, that, that maybe they don't really read in school. I'm not sure, but um, I think that's really fun and magical to me. Mm-hmm. And, and the kids love it too, because it gives them big imaginations and allows their kind of creativity to come out. So. Yeah, that actually makes me think of Jodi Mockaby and her and her book club that she does with yes. her kids. She has does she have five so kids. Cute. She has five kids, mm-hmm. and they do book clubs like they read The Little Women together, and then at the end, like they, it was like a thing that they did every week, um, reading the chapters together, and then at the end of it, they did this whole special. Um, uh, what was it? Themed. It was like an experience, yeah, yeah. A themed experience with tea and all. They, they all dressed, dressed up, up as a character. As a character oh, in the book. Yes, so I know. So doing different things like that, being able to um, engage in really special big books where they're learning so yeah. much and and making it a special event out yeah. of it at the end. Just that's yeah. just an example as yeah. well. There's so another, many little ways. Another example was um, a few years back, um, we planned a kind of fairy hunt kind of thing through the forest. And that was really fun. We put little fairy fairy um, doors on the different trees, and then at a few of the trees, you you picked up um, a little note that the fairy left, and it would say something to do, something kind, or do something kind, or say this out loud. And and um, and then at the end, there was this really fun little teepee made out of wood. Kids got to play in, and then inside of there, there was a special little bag with different little. Um, treats and and activity for them to do so that is just like i don't know so fun and magical and brings nature and just the wonder of childhood alive i think a simple way too that we like to kind of bring magic to subjects especially if we are sitting down and doing like work at a desk with a pen and paper sort of thing is I have like music on for everything. So yes. if we're learning about Vikings, I'm like Viking music <laughs> on Spotify. Totally. Or, you know, like if when we did um, like a world study, we kind of studied each like area or continent for a month and we get every single library book on, you know, Africa or Russia or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we would cook a food and try to dress up or do decorations or learn a game that they play there um, at the end of the month and have music from, from that place that we studied. And I just feel like there's so many easy little ways to bring magic to things that they don't have to cost anything or mm-hmm. be really elaborate. Totally, totally. That makes me think of the Africa study that Josefa did with our kids, and it was like a how long? How many months study was it? Like a four week. Four week. I feel like it was more than that. It could have been. I I think it was a couple months study, (laughs) and at the end, doing this whole big party with it, and and also keeping all of their projects in like a binder, and like Josefa laminating them, and to see, look at what they created, where they're drawing pictures of the flags, and then on the back, they're writing a whole paragraph about it. Being able to look back at the party where they're all showing each other their products. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. or projects and making certain foods from the countries that they learned yes. just like all encompassing and making it hands-on is really mm-hmm. really amazing which yes. is something that we enjoy as well as as adults and so I just it gets me so excited just thinking mm-hmm. about school not having to be just sitting at a desk and how you can learn in so many different ways yeah. okay sure. my, my last question what are some homeschooling authors or resources that have inspired you that people after listening to this can go look into Okay, so Jodi Mockaby for sure. Love her. Um, I love her notebooking manual. Um, it shows you how to um, basically do beautiful illustrations and then kind of write about it. That's kind of what we do in our schooling. 
and I've just fallen in love with that. And she has a lot of um, great homeschooling resources on her website also. And then I love um, The Call of the Wild and Free. I think that is my favorite homeschool book. It's by Ainsley Arment, and I think it's just amazing. You have to get it, definitely read it, because it talks all about the different styles of homeschooling. It, talks, it gives you confidence as a parent to homeschool. So if you're like new to homeschooling or want to homeschool, or even if you are a homeschooler, I think it's a great um, resource to have. And those are my, I would say my top two, I can't think right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. I would have said Call of the Wild and Free book as well. Awesome. And that five hour school week that I mentioned earlier. Awesome. It was really encouraging. For me, it's How Children Learn and How Children Fail, both books by John Holt. Mm -hmm. And then I also really like the book Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto. Have you guys heard of it? Mm -hmm. He's an award-winning um, teacher. He was a public school teacher for decades and decades. Um, and he did like many speeches for like, oh, being an award-winning teacher from like the teacher of the year from the entire country, basically, wow. like very famous teacher. And he wrote a book calling called Dumbing Us Down, explaining how after all his decades of being a teacher, he learned so much that like this is not how we should be teaching children like this and it was it's really impactful like to hear from him as a decades-long teacher just seeing it in real life being like there's another way to do this to help um like the title says not dumb us down but rather uplift us and empower children to um just love learning and grow so much from there so that it's a it's a short book it's a really great book so those are those are my favorites. Yeah. Cool. This was such a great conversation. So I'm fun. so thankful to have you guys here and that we had this conversation. Um, yeah, I, I guess we should end it. But thank you so much for being here. And we'll probably hang out a little bit after this because yeah. we're all friends. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do you have anything to no. say? <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody.